in this episode of the Range Minded Podcast, I have just earned a new title. Find out what that is and the rest of what the conversation's about on this episode of the Range Minded Podcast. I have done it. I have officially met the Karen status, or the male version of a Karen. What is a male version of a Karen? Let's look it up. Just kidding, I already looked it up. (laughs) Apparently, the male version of a Karen is Ken. I thought it was a Kyle. But there's also another one that I saw in here that the male equivalent of Karen is Terry. Sorry, Terry. I do have a friend named Terry. I don't think he's a Karen. Whatever. According to my oldest daughter, I have officially hit Karen status. I posted a video the other day on my personal uh, Facebook and Instagram about... uh, I I was shooting outside. I went out to the the desert not far from my house. And when I got there, there's just junk. Trying to do better with swearing junk everywhere like it was a dumpster out there so the problem is most of the time maybe not all the time there's a university not far from us about the same distance from me as the desert as they are to the desert and what happens is they'll go to the second hand store and buy a couch or a tv or just junk they'll take it out there they'll shoot at it they'll start it on fire they'll fill it full of tannerite whatever and instead of cleaning up after themselves they leave it and it pisses me off. So anyway, I post this video about it, and my daughter's like, "Well, you sound like a Karen, Dad." So I made it. I made it. I made it to the next level. I am now officially a Kyle or a Terry or whatever. And you know what? I don't care. I don't care if I do because you know what? You guys got to clean up after yourselves because it's freaking ridiculous. This is what happens. A few years ago, we had the same issue. Uh. Exact same issue. Man, what's wrong with my freaking desk here? How embarrassing. Some college kids went out there. They were taking cars and just everything, right? And leaving it out there. The other problem was is there were some farmers or somebody that would take dead animals instead of taking them to... There's a specific land uh, landfill where they can take dead livestock. Nope, they would just take it out there and let the carcass rot and the coyotes would eat it. Which maybe not be as bad as the other stuff, but it's still gross, right? So what happened is, is Bureau of Land Management decided they had enough. And so they shut down a huge portion of area. There's a lot of really good shooting spots out there with great uh, backstops. Two, three, four thousand yard spots out there. Um, 400, not 4,000, sorry. Great shooting spots nonetheless. And then what happened was... That because of the crap out there, BLM decided to go out and clean it up. And then they fenced off all these areas and couldn't go out there anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, I get a little upset because I do like to shoot out there. And if that makes me a Karen, so be it. But in reality, it should be that you stupid college students are going to school to be adults, right? You should be smart because that's what college does to you. In reality... Schools for dumb kids. I hate to break it to you. But yeah, it pisses me off, right? So that made me think, maybe we need to do something a little bit different about the podcast. 
uh, in this episode, I mean. What do we do when we go out to any range? Here's a, we've talked about range bags. We've talked about what gear you need in the range bag. You know, good eye and ear protection, good medical equipment, <clears throat> uh, just stuff like that. Target, you know what I'm saying. Maybe we need to talk about what you do post-range visit. Because I don't think we've ever talked about that before. And you can tell I'm a little wound up, a little excited about this. I need to chill. I need to slow down. <sighs> Nestle into my desk. Man, something is wrong with this desk, I'm telling you. Alright, so... What do you do post-range visit? Very first thing is, whether you are at an organized indoor or outdoor range, yeah, clean up after yourself. Don't leave a mess. At an indoor range like uh, the one I worked here in Idaho Falls or when I was in, at Independence in Boise, we ask people just to police their brass. It's not hard. You take a squeegee. Either you collect it, like if you're a reloader, or you push it down past the firing line, and, and it's easy. Put your targets in the trash, or unless you want to keep them, um, whatever ammo boxes you have, just just clean up after yourself. It's not a big deal, right? But when you go to an outdoor range, it might be a little bit more difficult. If you are at a organized outdoor range, like I can think of a couple not far from me here, actually not far from the desert where I went shooting, uh... Instead of like nice concrete, polished concrete floors, right? It's just gravel. So policing your brass might be a little bit more difficult. Going to retrieve your targets because they're not coming back to you. Like at an indoor range, you have to go downrange when it's safe to do so to retrieve those targets. So there's a little bit more involved, right? Um, but it's still not hard. It's not hard to clean up after yourself. Is this here? Maybe I do need to get closer. Does that sound better? Sorry, guys. Like I said, I'm wound up. I need to chill down a little bit. Or, if you decide to go out on public land, which it is completely legal to go shoot at public land. I'm not an attorney. Maybe your state is different, right? Check the local um, regulations, because I don't want to get you guys in trouble. I promise I'm not drunk. I just had a Dr. Pepper. The problem is, is when you go um, out shooting with your buddies out on public lands, it is a little bit more difficult to clean up. A lot of times what happens is, right, you guys are totally excited, you're having a good time. You're shooting shotguns, right, you're throwing clays with your hand thrower or whatever, and there's shotgun shells everywhere, your brass is everywhere if you're shooting handguns or rifles, especially semi-autos, right? Just stuff goes everywhere. How do you mitigate that? What do you do to make your life easier? Well, first thing is, get a good rake. Uh, it's not that big of a deal, right? If you get a good rake that's got a comb that's a little bit closer together, it'll give you a chance to gather up that brass. Gosh, I think I'm getting a cold. Um... And a rake works great for shotgun shells. Great. Another one that you probably should adopt right away is just get yourself a good tarp that's pretty big, right? 10 by 20 or something like that. Doesn't take up much space when it's folded. You could put it in your trunk or in the back of your pickup or whatever. But before you even start shooting, you just roll that tarp out. And then all that brass or uh, spent shotgun shells, they land on the tarp. 
you just roll it up, dump it in a box or whatever, or leave it rolled up and put it in the back of the car. It's pretty simple, right? It's a no-brainer. But don't leave trash out there on public lands. That's not fair for the rest of us that trying to enjoy our Second Amendment. It's just not fair. It, it does ruin the landscape. And that's something that is really a black eye to the shooting community. Right? We're trying to make the best impressions possible to people that may not think like us as far as our Second Amendment rights go. Don't give them any excuses to, to cause problems, to shut the property down to where we can't go out there. Yes, I know it's public property. We own it, right? We pay the taxes. But somebody still has to take care of it. And if we don't take care of it, the state will. And one of the ways that they will take care of it is they'll just fence it off. I've seen it done. We have lost some awesome shooting spaces out there in public land because of that. And it's not fair. All right, so your range done's all your range visits all done. You've uh, you've cleaned up your mess like a good responsible shooter has. Um, you've made sure you checked all your gear. You made sure everything's good to go. One thing you might want to check as well: if it's not your carry gun, make sure your firearms are unloaded, safely unloaded. Now we talk about safely unloading. We're talking about keeping the gun pointed downrange. Um, if we're shooting a handgun, semi-auto handgun, we're going to pull that magazine out. We're going to rack that slide two or three times uh, just to be better safe than sorry. We're going to visually and physically check that that gun is unloaded, and then we'll put it in our range bag. Okay? Don't slide that magazine back in it and then drop the slide because guess what? You just put a loaded gun back in there. If it's a AR-15, exact same process. Pull the magazine out. You're going to cycle, cycle that charging handle a couple times, make sure it's empty, visually check that chamber, drop the bolt forward, close the duff, dust cover if you've got one, and put it in your range bag. It's not hard. Now, if it's a bolt action, there might be some processes you have to do that might be a little bit more involved, making sure that rifle is unloaded, but that's up to you to know that process. It might be that you just cycle that bolt, or maybe it's a lever action, you're, you're running that lever action, and getting rid of those um, unspent cartridges out of the internal magazines. Shotgun, same thing. Run the pump or whatever you need to to disperse that unused ammo out of that if it has any. Why do we want to make sure that our firearms are unloaded? It should be pretty obvious. When you go back uh, home and you have your cleaning party and you're starting to tear down your firearms, for some reason... Sometime between that uh, that loading your unloaded firearm in your range bag to when you get home, maybe we didn't unload it and an accident could happen, okay? We need to be really anal retentive about making sure that our firearms are clear and safe whenever we're storing them. Uh, one of the many uh, firearm safety rules is we're keeping that firearm unloaded until ready to use. And if we're taking that gun back to clean, that's not ready to use. We're doing something else with that gun. Unload them, please. It's better safe than sorry. I know maybe that sounds ridiculous because you'll never make that mistake or whatever. But why even risk it? Why risk the odds or the, or the small chance that something could happen? It's not worth it, right? 
So then we get home to cleaning to, to clean our firearms. We, we made sure they're clear. We put them away properly. We get back to our, uh, our little man cave, gun cave, whatever you want to call it. And we're going to clean our firearms. It's up to you to learn how to clean. I, we're not going to talk about how to clean every style of handgun or firearm or whatever in this, in this podcast. There's not enough time to do it, and I'd probably miss something because there's just so many different things out there. Between cleaning products, between what your gun may specifically need. Um, maybe there's something that your granddaddy does that, that I think is stupid, or vice versa, right? It's up to you to learn how to clean your gun and how to oil it in your uh, little owner's manual when it comes with your firearm. If you bought a new one, it'll tell you where to oil your gun and how to do it. Just follow those regulations. Follow, not regulations, but uh, just do what it says. All right, just just do what it says in the instructions. It's not that hard. And then you can put the gun back away in your safe or somewhere that you're keeping any unauthorized users to get a hold of it. I'm getting a little scruffy, aren't I? Why why do we have such a big deal about this? Why am I having such a caring moment over this? Safety is a big thing for me, right? We've talked about how I've taught a lot of different classes from little kids to old people, right? I've taught uh, defensive carry classes. I've taken a few classes. I, I've spent a lot of time um, around new shooters and experienced shooters alike. One thing that is a problem throughout that whole tier of uh, experience is sometimes we tend to get lax on the important things. That's why the basic firearm safety rules are so important. That's why we have to be absolutely religious about those things. Because we want to mitigate any kind of chance of something bad happening. Okay? It's pretty simple. But what does that have to do with cleaning up after ourselves at the range? No, an accident may not happen at the range if we leave our brass on the floor or on the ground out there in the middle of the desert. You're right. Probably won't cause an accident. I I actually have seen things happen on indoor ranges where the brass hasn't been properly kept. I have seen things happen. I've seen people fall like roller skates on a concrete floor. Not a good thing. Being a gun owner is not just being a macho guy, right? Owning a firearm doesn't is, is not the end-all be-all. It's not the answer to every problem. And if you think that way, you need to get some education. Owning a firearm, there's a higher level of responsibility once we go to owning and especially carrying a gun. We're in a whole different tier. We're in a whole new world of how we need to act. I'm sure we've talked about it before about um, how we should act carrying a gun if if we're concealed carrying or open care or whatever. There's some things that we need to do as individuals that just need to hold ourselves to a higher standard. The same thing applies to uh, well, it sounds kind of hippie, I guess, but to Mother Nature, to the to the earth, to the place where we're shooting, to the land, whatever. <laughs> Sorry about that. I think I'm getting a cold. It's that time of year. We need to uh, we need to respect what we have. If you've spent 
$5,000 on a Christensen rifle, you're probably going to maintain that rifle. If all you could afford was a used, whatever, lesser brand name handgun, and that's all you could afford, you're probably going to keep as best a care possible as that firearm. The same thing is needs to apply to where we shoot. Um, ranges like Guns and Gear or Independence, where I've worked, those are privately owned. That's somebody's personal investment. And if we enjoy shooting at places like those, or, or whatever indoor range uh, you might be at, wherever you live, you need to respect those people's investment. Somebody spent a lot of money, a lot of money. Like, if you guys knew how much it costs to start a range, it's expensive. And even turning on the, the airflow system is so expensive. I, people, I know people don't understand what it costs to just operate a range on a daily basis. It is crazy. We need to protect their investment so we have a place to go shooting. I'm not going to talk about how much it costs to shoot those ranges. That is besides the point. The range fees are set to a point to be able for them to keep their lights on and to keep people working there to keep you safe. That's why. Yeah, it might be cheaper to go out to the land, but you know what? The same principles apply. Whether you believe in God or not, I believe in God. He created this place. We need to be taking care of it. If you're shooting at an outdoor range, some of those are public ranges, some of those are still privately owned, but open to the public. Some of them are owned by the county or whatever. Same things apply. Leave it better than when you showed up, right? They call it no trace camping when you go out camping. Maybe you guys were in Boy Scouts, remember that kind of stuff? No trace camping. Same principles apply. We need to leave it better than what we found it. If you guys understood, one of my, you know, when I was dealing really a lot, man, I can't even communicate, right? Um, when I spent a lot of time worrying about how to operate and maintain a clean range, I had a chance to take some good classes all over the place. Um, when you understand or you, when you see how much it costs for like the EPA to come in and clean a range, if it's a super fun site or something like that, not a super fun site, a super fund site, some of you will know what that means. That's a lot of money. Maintaining an outdoor range, cleaning the berms, that comes at an immense cost. Huge cost. And if there's any other kind of an environmental contamination problem, it's crazy. If you guys only knew how much it costs to run a range. Um, we, we need to respect those places. And, and, and not shoot them up. Not make a mess. Not be stupid. But protect them. Same thing when it comes to a, a, a state or a city or a county owned range. I, it's it's your money. If you're shooting at that place, if it's in your area, you're probably paying taxes to keep that place going. Just maintain it. Take care of it. There is a constant bombardment of anti-gun legislation that comes down the pipeline all the time. And one of those places that come from there is the EPA. Uh, and OSHA in some cases. 
that are that are just waiting to tear apart these places for us to shoot. And if they can find any reason, if it's filthy, if it's unsafe, if there's some kind of environmental hazard, they want to shut it down. And they will. They'll find a way. They'll find a way. Excuse me. Maybe you've paid attention or not. I don't know. The ATF has, has, uh, has uh, seized or whatever you want to call it, shut down over a thousand FFLs in the last, whatever, few months. A thousand. These are dealers, okay? Because they've made some mistakes on their 44.7 to 3s or maybe their bound book or whatever. They've made some mistakes. And in the past, there was ways to reconcile those mistakes without having to forfeit your license. Now, you think about ranges. They may not have to deal with the FFL side so much, but they do have to deal with the, with the EPA. They do sometimes have to deal with OSHA depending on you know what kind of employment stuff's going on at the range. Nonetheless, there there's just a constant battle to keep things going. Uh, during the Obama, Obama administration, he'd shut down some lead smelters and some lead mining, um, which made it ex- super expensive to produce am- ammunition. Maybe you guys knew that, maybe you didn't. So then... Um, mining for lead in these ranges became more and more important. Well, if there's a bigger demand to recycle the lead, then that cost goes up. And there are some good companies out there that uh, that do mine the berms, whether it's an indoor and outdoor range, but it still comes at a cost. And if we can help offset these problems that these ranges might have by just taking care of it ourselves obviously you're not going to go mine the berm but you're going to help maintain the cleanliness and the the orderly operation of these places it's not hard I guess that's what I'm getting to it's not hard and if this sounds preachy then so be it so be it I know what it's like to run a range I know what it's like to deal with ridiculous amounts of requirements. Uh, on the the owning the range side, you got to worry about exposure to sound, lead. Uh, it's ridiculous. There's all sorts of things you got to do to run a range that the the general public has nothing to know. Like they they don't know about it because they don't deal with it. And if we're adding extra burden onto these ranges, it's just going to make it tougher for them to run. And if it's a private range and it gets too expensive for them to keep their doors open, they're going to shut it down. Right? They're, they're not going to lose money on their investment. They'll just close the doors. Which forces us back outside to shoot. I don't know if you guys have noticed, on the Boise side of the state, the Treasure Valley... If, if you've ever been there before, I don't know. If you've been there in the last seven years, you're going to see that there was a huge influx of people. And there still is a huge influx of people moving in. All sorts of new houses being built. They need land to build these homes. And little by little, this government-owned land, it gets harder and harder to find to go shoot. It's just the way of life. It's happening here too. 
I mentioned the places where I used to shoot as a kid out here in the desert. Little by little, some of that land got sold. Yeah, public land got sold to private individuals. I can vividly think of this one spot that was amazing to shoot. You did have to kind of weasel your way around a field to get there. But one side was private, the other side was public. Well, somehow, I don't know how it worked out, there was a private individual individual, individual that was able to acquire that public land, built a house on it. He can't get back there anymore. It's his backyard. It was one of the best places to shoot. Loud, don't hit the mic. Does <sighs> that sound Karen enough to you? Am I a Karen? Maybe I am a Karen. Man, I am just hitting things left and right. Maybe I should clean off my desk. Here I go again, hitting the mic. If you're new to shooting and you need to find a place to shoot, you can jump on the, the um, NSSF's website. Um, I think it's called Where to Shoot or Places to Shoot. Just get on the NSSF website, and you'll be able to find ranges all across America. Is it better to shoot... This might be a good question, right? Is it better to shoot on public land, Bureau of Land Management land, or is it better to shoot at a range? The answer is yes. <laughs> it might be nice to shoot... Um, like In my mind right now, I'm thinking about if you're on the Boise side of the state... You're going south past uh, Cunip on the way to Swan Falls. Some of you know where exactly where I'm talking about. You get out there, and it is just wide open. And so, um, and there's pros to cons to that too. But you can set targets way out there and, and shoot at a great distance. The problem is, because it's so so wide open, it's hard to see somebody that might be downrange. So there's a downside to shooting public land. You need to make sure you have a good backstop. Whereas a uh, an actual org- organized range, they're going to have good backstops, right? You can imagine both interior and ex- uh, indoor and outdoor ranges. Man, I am struggling to communicate here. It's like I'm running for governor or something. <sighs> the benefits for shooting outside. First of all, clean air, right? Hopefully. You don't have to worry about the noise of the elf, the the air filters just running all the time. Another big problem with shooting in an indoor range is you imagine there's little explosions going off everywhere. And when you have a sealed container basically and you got these explosions, there's a lot of concussion, right? Noise reverberation, maybe you can hear yeah, when you do that, that's I can hear it. Waving my hands in front of the mic. Uh, so that all vibrates off the walls. It gets really loud. There is some some sound mitigation that even you can put in an indoor range, <clears throat> but it's still loud, loud as hell sometimes. Especially if you got Johnny Superhero with his AR pistol with some super <clears throat> super cool muzzle device, and it's really loud. Whereas outside, the sound goes everywhere, and so it's not confined to a spot. So there's a benefit there. Um. You may have heard the term it's you got to train how you fight. Maybe at some if you're at at this point of your firearms journey, maybe you should be training outside in in all kinds of weather. 
rain, snow, super cold, super hot, so you can get a an idea of uh, how you and your firearm are going to react to any kind of situation. That might be a good idea. Where it's an indoor range, it's the same temperature all year long. Um, the light's always the same, unless you have a cool range where they can adjust the lighting and turn on police lights, that kind of stuff, which is super fun. Messes with your eyes pretty good. So there are pros and cons to shoot outside, uh, organized range or not, or in an indoor range. There's pros and cons to both. And I would recommend spending time at, at both kinds of ranges so you can uh, do what's best for you. Usually with an indoor range, if safety is a major concern, usually um, there's there's somebody there to help you or, or watch over other people, range safety officers. When I was train, training my range safety officers, I made sure that um, they weren't they weren't Karens. I made sure that uh, people were having fun, but in a safe way. If there was time to educate somebody, or you could stop a problem from happening before it happened, uh, improper grip with a semi-auto or something like that, they could jump in there and help before minor injuries happen. So they tend to be a little safer. Now, I've noticed that more and more indoor ranges, because sometimes the cost is a little higher to have somebody in the range all the time watching the range, just for insurance reasons. Um, which is kind of a funny thing, because if you have people officiating the range, it should drop your insurance. but And it does, kind of. But then your uh, work comp skyrockets because it's a hazardous occupation so it's first world problem I guess right but normally on an indoor range you have somebody watching and taking care and and managing people's behavior so it tends to be safer sometimes on these outdoor ranges or if you're just shooting on public land there's not always somebody there to watch and make sure safety's happening I can think of an instance... Man, I am really struggling communicating. I can think of an instant where my nephew was shooting at a at a public outdoor range in Utah. He's He pulls up. Now, they have these concrete um, shooting stalls, basically. But I think there was two shooters per stall. Or maybe the wall didn't go up all the way. Um the partition wall. Maybe it didn't go all the way up to the ceiling. Either way, my nephew gets out his guns. He's getting ready to shoot. And, I mean, there's loud noises everywhere, right? People are shooting. Um, But as he's getting stuff out, he hears the bang. And then it's raining concrete all over his stuff. Okay? So you can see, maybe you can put two and two together. The problem is that the idiot next to him had a, a negligent discharge. He fired the gun, pulled the trigger when it wasn't in a safe direction. Yes, there was concrete everywhere protecting other shooters, but he wasn't being safe. There was nobody there to say, hey, dummy, pay attention. That's not quite true. My nephew, who is uh, very vocal and not scared to share an opinion, um, in a kind way, 
let the guy next to him know how he felt about his uh, his his poor safety standards um, in, a, in a calm way, I'm sure. Anyway, he packed up his stuff and he left. He, he didn't want to be around someone that was was going to be unsafe. He just didn't want to deal with it. And that may happen. Honestly, that happens at an <clears throat> indoor range or outdoor range. But that was just an example I was sharing with you about an outdoor range where they don't always have range safety officers to to maintain that standard or that level of safety. Just things you got to worry about no matter where you shoot. If you're shooting outside with your buddies, I would recommend you get yourself a good folding table. You can buy those cheap ones at you know, big box stores that fold up. Um, get a good table where you can set your firearms pointing in the safe direction, the direction that you're going to shoot. And that's your firing line. And you're going to stay on the safe side of that table, if you will. Never to never to cross that new boundary of your firing line. And I'd honestly set somebody aside each time you guys are shooting or whatever. Have somebody that you've designated to maintain safety. It's okay. It is way better to be ridiculous about safety than to have to deal with a terrible situation. And I know you guys can say, oh, that would never happen to me and my buddies. We're not stupid, whatever. BS. BS. I know what it's like to be that guy at the range doing fun things. Fun things, air quotes. Maybe letting some of those safety standards drop. And that was before my journey um, becoming an instructor. That was when I was stupid and young. Okay? Don't do stupid things. Don't do stupid things. Accidents happen all the time. If you're maintaining those firearm safety rules, which are what? First, we're going to treat everything like it's loaded. Because we're treating it like a slow, we're never going to point it at something that we're not willing to destroy. We're going to keep our finger off that trigger and outside the trigger guard alongside of the frame of the firearm until we've made the conscious, conscious decision to fire. Once we've fired that gun, we need to know where that bullet's going and where it's going to stop. We, know what, we want to know what's in front and what's behind of our target. Once you know those four safety rules are good, you're good. Commit those to memory, please. Please. Uh, I'm not going to share a story right now, but needless to say, I, 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 uh, I haven't seen anybody physically, personally. Well, okay, that's not true. Let's just say your life can change in an instant, and I and I've seen what. Uh, what accident accidents can do to to people. Okay. I, I've seen how it changes people when when a, a mistake was made and it changes them for the rest of their life. Anywho, we don't want to go down the dark side of stuff. We want to keep this light and happy. New shooters. Other things you need to understand at the range. And we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago. Don't be scared to ask for help at the range. In my experience, um, 
gun owners are pretty awesome. There are those few people that are annoying, they're terrible, but you get that anywhere. In my personal experience, um, um, less than a handful of people in in the shooting sports community are jerks that that I I have dealt with. And uh, but most of the people are that in the community they're they're willing to help. They want to answer questions. They want to bring new people in into the fold. Right? That sounds like sounds like we're part of a cult or something. But maybe we are cult. C O L T maybe. Um, don't be scared to ask questions. Don't be, don't be scared that you may look stupid. There's no such thing as a stupid question. There may be stupid answers, but there's no such thing as a stupid question, especially in the gun community. We all started at some point. We all had that dumb question. And we know what it's like to have that dumb question. And honestly, I'll be straight up with you. I have taught classes with experienced shooters that have those, oh, oh yeah, kind of moments in the class. I've seen it. I've seen the light bulb turn on. And it's people that have been shooting for years. Experienced shooters, don't be scared to help new people. No matter what they look like, no matter what they dress like, no matter what, how do I say this? No matter what kind of friends they bring to the range. We need more people involved in the shooting industry. We need to make firearm ownership normal again. Because it is normal. Millions and millions of people own guns in the United States. Millions. It is normal to own a gun in the United States. And we need to be willing to let these new shooters know how normal it is. That they're not some kind of anomaly. And if you're the jerk at the range that's making these people feel uncomfortable, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. These are new shooters to the community that we need. And their political affiliation is off the table. There's, man, excuse me. There, there's a stigma against Democrats in the shooting industry. I have made that mistake. I made a stupid joke about Hillary Clinton one time selling a gun to a dude. And he was a Democrat. And he did not appreciate that joke. And he told me. And I felt like an idiot. The Second Amendment does really span across party lines. Yes, the majority of gun owners are probably conservative Republicans. But there is a segment, a growing segment of gun owners that are Democrats. Maybe some of you are too young to remember the term blue dog Democrat. Southern Democrats. Man, those folks loved their guns. They loved to hunt. They were outdoorsmen. Yes, I know the Second Amendment has nothing to do with hunting. But they still owned guns. We need to quit alienating ourselves. We need to quit pigeonholing ourselves into a tribe and not letting anybody else in that tribe. Quit it. 
we need these gun owners, these new gun owners, because if we don't give them the correct information, they're going to go find the information somewhere else. And most likely, if it's among their peers who don't understand the Second Amendment, it's going to be wrong information. Uh, experienced gun owners, don't be preachy about it. Be humble, share your knowledge, and always be willing to help. Don't be tactical Timmy and show off how many ARs you have and how cool you are and how cool your tattoos match your rifle or whatever. Don't be that guy or gal. These new shooters are coming into our ranges buying guns they're already uncomfortable they're out of their their element and when they interfa interface with somebody who's a dick they're not going to want to be part of the fold they're not going to be want to be part of the the true the true reason of the second amendment we need to be better New shooters, back to you. If you go to a range, if you go to a store, and you're dealing with those people, or, or that person's trying to just pound their knowledge down your throat, especially if it's somebody working there, just go to a different gun store. Just go to a different place. It sucks because, you know, I think about the places I've worked and uh, we've always hired some pretty good people. But every once in a while, you get this guy that interviews really, really well. But when he goes out and sells, he sells what he, think is, he thinks is the best in the world and there's nothing else like it. And his way is the right way and everybody else is stupid. That happens. Now, I say that with a, with a gendered dude side of that comment because it's usually the guys that are that way maybe if you're a new shooter and you're interacting with that person maybe you need to find maybe there's a lady there that's uh, that's working the gun counter or the range maybe it's better you talk to her ladies tend to be a little bit easier to deal with when it comes to that don't let some of these people discourage you from your journey in the firearms community don't let them discourage you. There's bad apples everywhere. There's people screwing up the community on both sides. It happens. The other thing, new shooters. Some of us people that are really passionate about the Second Amendment, we do get preachy. We start throwing statistics out because we're trying to change your mind about how to see things. <clears throat> and... And I know sometimes that's a very poor way to help people out. You can indulge us if you want, but uh, don't let that deter you from your traveling through this through this journey of owning a firearm, responsibly owning a firearm. We can talk about statistics all you want. I have shows talking about statistics. You can get online and look at statistics. But statistics aren't the Second Amendment. 
Statistics are not the Constitution. A lot of us in the gun community that have been around a long time, we are very passionate about the United States, the Constitution, the Founding Fathers, very passionate about it. And sometimes we can't retain that passion very well. We want to share uh, our feelings about it. We do. And and maybe at some point in your journey you'll catch that vision too. I don't know. And maybe that's not you. But don't let our our passion deter you. Okay? Because we do. We do love this country. Despite what people on both sides of the aisle, both parties, will let you know about gun owners. We do love this country. I love this country. I want everybody to enjoy the same rights that I have. When it comes to the rights and privileges granted in this country, there is no privilege. They're all rights, and they're all given to everybody. Some of us have may have been dealt a different hand than others, but the opportunity is still there. And that's what I love about this country. And maybe you feel different. But this country is pretty amazing. Anyway, gang, thanks for letting me be a ranting Karen for a minute. Hopefully there was some kind of knowledge that you were able to glean from this, whether you're an experienced shooter or a new shooter. Please just clean up after yourself, no matter where you're at. Please be responsible. Please be a good steward of the Second Amendment. That's a phrase that we're always pushing here. Because it's the reality. We need to be the best that we can be for for uh, this country, the Constitution, and the Second Amendment to, to go on for generations. We have to be better. And we have to be um, above the negativity and above reproach as much as possible. We have to be better. And that includes our attitudes. Gang, I appreciate your time listening to me. I, your time really is um, valuable to me. And hopefully you don't get sick of my voice. I get sick of my voice. But hopefully you got something out of this show. I appreciate you guys a ton. Share your knowledge. Find new friends in the community. Get out there and, and, and help these new shooters. If you haven't been able to make that leap as a new shooter into buying a gun or go to the range, hopefully this inspires you to like, yeah, you, that you can make that, that first step. You can do it. We want you in, in the community. We want new people in the community. Because once you get involved in the shooting community, you'll start to see that maybe the stuff that's being shared uh, on the medias, maybe it's not quite accurate. It, it's, it's different than what is portrayed. Love you guys. Be safe. Take somebody shooting. See you guys. precious and we are so grateful that you hung out with us on this episode if you liked what you heard make sure you give us a big thumbs up and share us with your friends 
if you want to get in contact with us, you can email me at rangeminded at gmail.com or find me on the socials, whether it be rangeminded on both Facebook and Instagram, or you can even find me on my personal page on Instagram in Practical Tactical. Guys, I love you, I appreciate you, and dang it, take somebody shooting. Thank you.